Good evening, Alex. Good evening. Good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 6-20-2016. How are you this week? Good. Good. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this week, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So what has been going on? Um, well, uh, I guess we've, we've sort of talked about all of the, the updates that I have. You, you put a bunch of links in my Skype chat for me to look over, and I honestly haven't had time. I'm in the process <laughs> of getting my, my phone switched over to, to my name now. Uh, okay. um, this is a phone that I carried over from my previous job, so right. uh, they've been paying for it for six months, and like, wow. they've been so slammed that they just haven't had an opportunity to get it switched over. So. Okay. That's what I've been dealing with for the past hour. Um, oh. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. the uh, vaping-related news, I okay. guess, that everybody wants to, that's why people listen to this. Mm -hmm. um, I guess at the top of the list, people in Pennsylvania should be aware that the 40% uh, wholesale tax on vapor products is still a thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I had spoken to Chris Hughes from Pennsylvania, uh, uh, I guess this weekend and uh, last week. And uh, they're very concerned because it, it sounds like this week is sort of crunch time for them. They have okay. to get their budget in by the 30th, okay. if I remember that correctly. And uh, so this week is sort of when everybody's going to be debating, making decisions, and so on. Um, and so uh, you had shared a, a link with me about uh, Americans for Tax Reform is yep. uh, initiating a call campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, so people living in specific districts in Pennsylvania, uh, these are House districts, uh, District 28, District 62, and Senate District 34 can expect um, if what I sound like, uh, you will be receiving phone calls, um, I, I believe, urging you to contact your lawmakers, yep. which would be uh, House Speaker Mark, Mark, Mike Terzai, uh, House Majority Leader Dave Reed, and Senate Majority Leader Jake Corman, uh, and call them and urge them to oppose any extra tax on vapor products. Um, and of course, we have our uh, engagement, which is currently active, uh, sending emails, and uh, there's even an option in there to uh, find your lawmakers' contact information and give them a call. And we provide talking points and all that wonderful stuff. Um, so Pennsylvania, get up, get on the phone, and call your lawmakers. Um, the other thing that uh, I guess it's, this is sort of old news, but um, it, it never really hurts to, to clarify things. Um, West Virginia passed a seven and a half cent per milliliter tax on e-liquid, yep. and there was some confusion. I don't know if we. I think I might have misstated the the kind of uh, parameters of this tax last week. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I hope you had the opportunity to correct my misstatement in the show notes. Um, but this is just a 7.5% tax per milliliter on e-liquid. There's no like extra wholesale tax. All of that was, it was, a lot of people were getting confused because 
the first part of the bill actually addressed uh, a tax on other tobacco products. Right. And I believe they raised the taxes on cigarettes. Um, and I saw some actually reports about the West Virginia tax, and it completely neglected to mention the, the vapor tax. Right. Um, but uh, this is just a, I hate to say just a, but it is, it is limited to a tax, a seven and a half percent, seven and a half cent tax on e-liquid yeah. per milliliter. Sorry, I'm not, not speaking well, very well tonight. Well, no, no, but I mean, it, it really, it could have been worse had it been like the 40% of wholesale and the 7%. That would have been seven and a half cents, I'm sorry, per milliliter. That could have been much worse. Which is what I, but the the legislation is it's so confusing to read, it um, it's it's breaking legalese. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it's it doesn't seem to be very well thought through. I mean, it, it's not a comprehensive kind of thing where they actually laid out the process by which you know retailers or wholesalers or distributors are supposed to go through getting whatever license or registration they need to do with the tax commission. Um, there's still a lot of questions about, um, you know, it specifically says that the, the, the person who sells the product to whoever in West Virginia is responsible for the tax and they have to be registered with the tax commission. So does that mean that a wholesaler outside of the state of West Virginia has to get a license or register with the tax commissioner and how do you go about doing that? Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's a lot of questions that need to be answered by people doing business there mm -hmm. and uh, it, it just wasn't very clear. And of course, you know, as soon as this thing passes, people go into panic mode and, sure. and you know, it, the effective date is July 1st. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people are, are sort of scrambling to figure out what they need to be doing. Um, the, the kind of only real good news here is that the first payments aren't due until August 15th. Right. So, you know, you have to start accounting for the taxes due starting on, you know, sales that happen right. July 1st, but the payments aren't due until a month and a half later. Mm -hmm. So I, I would assume and, and, and I, there should just be an automatic caveat there, like whenever I say assume that this is not legal advice, right. but I, I would assume that you've got some leeway there for people to get registered with the tax commission and then, you know, be compliant. Um, and, and it, it, but of, of course, you know, the tax commission needs to come up with the appropriate process yes. mm -hmm. by which people apply or register or get licenses or whatever. So. And that is all sort of written. That 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 <laughs> language is is basically in the bill. Is that the tax commission has to come up with the procedure? So, yeah, um, uh, yeah it's just it's it's unfortunate for people in West Virginia. And I, I it is. I, 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 yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Tax issue aside, this is one of those things that comes with with new taxes. Is mm -hmm. all this additional paperwork and record keeping and. Um, you know, this, I, I, I'm only bringing this up because, you know, these small taxes don't sound like a whole lot, mm -hmm. but there is a paperwork burden associated with it. There is, mm -hmm. there's all this other stuff that people have to do in order to be compliant that, um, you know, it, it arguably, you know, applying for your business license is relatively easy by comparison. 
Um, so I, I haven't heard a whole lot of chatter about this lately, but you know, I remember last year there were several times when the tax discussion came up. Mm-hmm. You always have these people that sort of believe that, well, if we just let them tax it a little bit, it legitimizes the industry and they'll kind of leave us alone on other issues. Um, that's, you know, I understand where that motivation comes from, you know, oh, sure. from another industry where we're talking about daylighting something and, and making the industry legit. But, you know, the, the vapor industry is already legitimate. They're already selling a legal product. It's, it's, that's not what this is about. And, um, you know, taxes bring with them a whole other slew of issues. So, um, yeah, just wanted to highlight that. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, I, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, the thing about Chicago was pretty interesting. Uh, delaying the tobacco tax? Yeah. They got sued. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like that was a, a thing um, that uh, was discussed early on, but if you have more details about that, I'm, I'm happy to hear them. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying I, I think it's great that they got sued in court because they say it's actually illegal. Um, now, this is for, for the, the hike in tobacco tax. This doesn't affect yes. the paper tax, right? I don't know. Uh, a proposed tobacco tax increase in Chicago was scheduled to go into effect on July 1st. has been delayed as the city has agreed to wait till the 60th day after the circuit court enters a decision as to whether or not the city is allowed to implement such a tax. So um, the people who sued them were the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association because that was considered an OTP and other tobacco tax. Mm-hmm. Weren't we considered OTP or were we taxed as a vapor product? I, I, that, that was the confusion I had about it. Um, I, now that you mention it, I would have to research that. I, I do know that, I, I mean, D.C., uh, was they redefined other tobacco product to include uh, vapor products, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that, I, I believe um, Chicago just separately taxed, yeah. separately taxed electronic cigarettes. Huh. The, I think the confusion might be that for the purposes of the indoor clean air law, Right. They defined tobacco product to include vapor product, yeah. um, smoking to include vaping, and so on. Um, but for some reason, I think that you know, for the taxes, uh-huh. uh, e-cigarettes or electronic cigarette smoking liquid or some stupid term like that was used. Okay. Um, and because uh, I remember this question coming up before mm-hmm. that that Chicago may not, you know, in terms of. of uh, I think Illinois has there's some preemption there that the mm-hmm. state sets the taxes and cities aren't allowed to to do that on their own. Yeah. Um, but since vapor products were classified separately for the purposes of taxation, that the, this lawsuit to... doesn't necessarily apply. Well, I mean, it might for smokeless, which would be good for them because they're also a reduced risk product. Right. Yeah. So this would be a good thing for yeah. It, seeing as OTP is something that the state would cover, uh, this might be a good thing for, for, for snooze and, and mm-hmm. smokeless tobacco. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, can't, uh, you can't get a victory every time, but sometimes you can get the wheels of, of justice to spin in the way. So it was just interesting reading about it. You yeah. Know? So there was that. Um, so 
what is going on with the bottle cap situation? Do you know? Well, I, I saw that you had dropped that in the the chat, and and I actually have this this newsletter keeps haunting me, and I <laughs> um, we're supposed to, I I have our spring newsletter like, almost done, right. um, and there's a, a section in there in red uh, about the uh, July twenty sixth effective date of the. Um, is it Child Nicotine Poisoning Prevention, Prevention Act, Act of 2015? 2015. Yep. Um, yes, which uh, requires um, all e-liquid to be sold in child-resistant packaging that is uh, compliant with U.S. code. Right. Um, and uh, so, I, like I said, I didn't have the, the, the chance to read whatever article you put in my... Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't an article. Somebody was saying they were getting letters from the state that they were going to start coming in and inspecting. And what what, what state was that? Oh, I don't hang on. Because several states, uh, you know, a handful of states have already adopted sure. basically this language. Mm -hmm. um, and this was one of the things that we, I, it's, Cassad wasn't necessarily, um, I mean, we weren't actively out there pushing for this, but it was one of those talking points that I think a lot of people had adopted was that if the state was going to make this child-resistant packaging requirement, it needed to be consistent with U.S. code. Mm -hmm. And um, so several states actually did do that. It's the Poisoning Packaging Prevention Act. Right. Um, it's, is it, uh, it's not, um, is it yeah. chapter 16? Section 1700 uh, yeah. is, is kind of the general area that you would see it. And yeah. um, well, actually, and it's it's the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission is is sending out letters to the retailers they can find. Okay. Um, that you know <clears throat> they they're getting a letter that they're I guess they're send, sending out the requirements and telling them that you know they could be um, checked by the state. So yeah. that they need to be in compliance. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, this is this is something that the industry was alerted to in January, at mm -hmm. the end of January, when when President Obama signed this act into law, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it it has it has taken kind of um, second chair to. Uh, FDA deeming regulations. A lot of people are so focused on August 8th and, and doing what they need to do to be compliant for that, but this child-resistant packaging thing has been yeah, um, overlooked. You know, it, it should have been on everybody's mind for you know the past five months. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I do know that trade associations, um, I, I believe, Safada alerted their membership to to this issue. Um, and, and this is something that I think we've all been aware of. Well, I think a lot of the smaller standalone retailers that maybe aren't members are just shocked. They're baffled. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess that is where, you know, the, the, the compliance monitoring, monitoring will take place. Um, it, it seems more, uh, cost effective, honestly, for, uh, enforcement agencies to go to manufacturers 
and and say, hey, uh, this you need you need to be compliant. Here you go. Uh, but um, I guess if you really want to catch people off mm -hmm. guard and collect some some fines, yeah, uh, then you go to the you know the independent vapor shop that's kind of tucked away and perhaps in some sort of information desert, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I think most people don't know that whoever, if you bottle your own e-liquid, whoever sells you your bottles can send you a certificate, you know, certification that those bottles meet that specific or those specific set of requirements required by law. And you can display that in your shop, you know, so yeah, that everybody at the, at knows. The, at the very least, you have it on file, and so when the uh, uh, enforcement people come by, you say, yep, I got, got letters it. from all of these manufacturers, and all of these bottles are compliant. So, yep. um, so. But it, again, and, and it should be emphasized, um, there are all kinds of child-resistant packaging oh, sure. uh, things out there, uh, but you know, it, it, if you're getting your bottles from overseas, um, there are there's a chance that it is not compliant with U.S. code, um, so it, it is it, it and even in the state laws that were passed, um, the, it's very specifically worded that it should be con compliant with with U.S. code and and there's a very specific testing protocol that's laid out uh, in our laws that needs to be followed. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's and somewhere in that letter it should say. You know, tested in accordance with whatever you know yes. title this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, um, so yeah, yeah. So I just thought it was kind of interesting that there were still people freaking out about it because how how much have we talked about it every week, every single week for months? We've talked about it, and I'm assuming other vape show hosts have talked about it, and I'm sure there were articles about it. It's just it's surprising to me that it's not a bigger issue to people. Well, you know, 95% of the vape media that's out there is product porn. So I, I don't actually have the same confidence that a lot of this word is reaching um, you know. <laughs> the, the kind of disparate groups that are out there that, you know, they're, they're, they're doing, you know, buy, Here's sell, trade. They're talking about the, the latest atomizer or e-liquid. Sure. Um, and, and not necessarily paying attention to you know what the um, what the regulations are going to be, <laughs> and you know it, it's it, this is just this industry and the consumer base. You know, it's made up of people that are finding out about these products. You know, today, this week, yeah. last week, it's it's sure. uh, there are there's all kinds of new faces moving into this space and. Um, you know, I thought there was a lot to get caught up on three years ago. Yeah. I can't imagine walking into this today and somebody saying, hey, FDA deeming regulations. Like, just, I, I mean, <laughs> that's that's quite a lot to absorb. So, um, yeah. you know, and I get, I get phone calls and emails mm -hmm. from people, um, you know, a, a, a few a week that are opening up a new business. They're they're set to open up their business in a couple of weeks, and they're curious about the regulations. <laughs> it's like wow. you know you've you've gotten two weeks away from your doors opening, and you're just now hearing about this. It's That's... it's yeah yeah no it is um, yeah 
yeah, faith in humanity dims a little bit again. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, so I, I don't, is that about it? Oh, um, somebody was having a meeting tonight about Tobacco 21. Uh, I believe you said it was Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. Yep. So Portland, Maine is in the midst of having their Tobacco 21 meeting. This includes vapor products. So, Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, the cities in Maine are like. I, I, uh, my view of all northeastern states now is sort of tainted by Massachusetts. Oh, um, well, yeah. Oh, wait, actually, uh, since we're in the, the northeast region of the country. Um, okay. But anyway, I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, okay. But So I, I don't know if, if this is the, the city or local department of health or, or what have you. Um, and uh, and I'm just hearing about this, you know, tonight. So there's not much I can put out about it, but I'll have to follow up and see how that goes. Um, but uh, speaking of the northeast, uh, Rhode Island managed to get through their entire session, and I believe they did not successfully pass any threatening uh, anti-vaping legislation. Um, I had the pleasure of going up there for a committee hearing, uh, which included uh, a bill to raise the purchase age to 21. Yep. Um, and uh, I talked about that on, on a previous update. I believe uh, the hearing was sort of uh, in disarray because the committee chair had been indicted for something I, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I, I, I think I remember what, but we won't talk about it. Um, there was a joint task force, FBI and state police were investigating the committee chairperson. So at the beginning of the hearing, they basically came out and said, we're just going to hold all of these bills over for, <laughs> for further study. Um, but we'll, you know, hear testimony just to, you know, keep yeah. things going. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, that bill didn't really go anywhere. Uh, there was an indoor vaping ban that made it to the House floor. Um, and, and I have to thank, um, I, I know I'm going to mess up her last name. I want to <laughs> say it's Lisa Corleone. Okay. Uh, she's, no, I know who uh, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, Lisa, she's uh, been very active in Rhode Island, mm -hmm. and um, I, I believe she owns a vape shop. Um, and uh, so she was actually at the uh, the the, the Capitol uh, for to, to to watch the the, the House floor hearing, um, and uh, posted up a video of the, the vapor debate. Mm -hmm. um, and there was about, I think, about maybe a dozen um, representatives that ended up opposing the bill. Um, but I kind of kept the list of, of all the arguments against the indoor vaping ban. And uh, um, but this this it was a House bill. It only made it to the floor of the House. It was passed by the House, but was not sent over to the Senate. And the uh, legislature adjourned without anything else going on. So congratulations, Rhode Island, and a special thank you for all the people that were working hard to keep this legislation at bay. Um, I did hear during the debate, um, one of the representatives actually, um, I didn't keep it in my notes, but it was, oh, what did we have? I forget who said it, 
but one of the representatives actually got up and said, well, nicotine causes cancer. Um, but he was quickly corrected by another representative. Um, now, that story kind of sucks without, like, telling you <laughs> names. Right. But uh, it was good to hear that, you know, that that misinformation was very quickly corrected by another representative. So um, yeah. kudos to those in Rhode Island who stood up and uh, set the record straight. Yeah. Um, <sighs> <laughs> it's too much, isn't it? It's, it's, it there's is. There's so much. It's, it's, um, it's almost hard to know what to talk about or what people know or what they don't know because I, I showed you stuff today I know you haven't seen and I know you see stuff I don't see. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, I've I've actually been spending my day trying to get the, the newsletter finished up and I'm actually um taking some continuing education uh stuff to be a better CASA employee. Um oh. so uh grateful for that opportunity and, and trying to, I'm a sucky student, but trying, trying to really make the most of it. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think the other thing that's really on the, the, in the forefront of people's minds is, um, the Indiana law taking effect. Um, I believe that takes effect on the 30th. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I have admittedly kept Indiana sort of at a distance. The people on the ground in Indiana have um, now, I, I want to say that they have a pretty good understanding of the law, but um, it, it, the law itself is, is kind of been a source of confusion. So um, I have ultimately sort of deferred to their analysis and their experience with it and uh, strongly recommend that, you know, if, if anybody is curious about how that's going, uh, to seek out the folks in, in Indiana, um, sure. Evan McMahon, Amy Lane, uh, Hoosier Vapors, um, yeah. and of course the Right to Be Smoke-Free Coalition is, yeah. is, is still working on this issue. Um, so those are excellent sources of information for anybody that's curious. Um, and of course there's been some, some news articles coming out, yeah. uh, you know, a couple of weeks from, you know, the drop dead date here. And uh, you have some pretty harsh, uh, warranted criticism of, of the regulations that will basically shrink the industry in Indiana down to six manufacturers. Shrink. Um, yeah, no, shrink is, shrink is the right word. It's, yeah, it's um, prohibition by dictate. <laughs> well, it's not really prohibition because there are manufacturers that are still allowed well, to be in business. Yeah, but there's it's, it's six It's just this them. sort of, yeah, you know... It, it, it's it's uh, it, I don't know what's the opposite of the invisible hand. Um. The 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 big visible nanny is standing over yelling. I don't know, but yeah. uh, if I've seen, I I live in in a place called Charlotte County, and we have an anaerobic septic system. Every place here does, and I know this has nothing to do with it, but. Looking at the Indiana law reminded me a lot of the regulations for that here. We only have one vendor in, no, I'm sorry, two vendors in the state that are trained to care for these systems. And you have to get a service contract with them every December. 
and it's $500 just to live here. I'm like, you know, that's just, it's crazy. It's a crazy amount of money. And it's, it's very, it almost smacks of someone giving someone they're related to a favor. Can I prove it? No, but it's just, it's how it looks. And it reminds me a lot of that regulation in Indiana, you know? Yeah. Well, the accusations of crony capitalism have, have, been, have been thrown and, and are certainly warranted. I mean, it, this is, you know, reduces this down to one security company that can satisfy the, um, the requirements. Yeah. They keep saying that there's a second one that's being reviewed. <laughs> um, but, you know, even then, it's kind of like it's built into the law, apparently, that uh, if you don't get your application in before June 30th, uh, you, you, you never have the opportunity to do this. Mm -hmm again, uh, kind of like liquor licenses in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. um, or I, 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 I don't know how other states run their liquor licenses, but the state, you know, basically says there are so many liquor licenses available and you can purchase one of these or you, you know, buy one from somebody who's selling theirs, which, you know, liquor licenses sell for <laughs> hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sure thing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a very, it's, it's very strong arm regulation and, absolutely yeah. unnecessary I, I agree um so is i don't want to say is that it for this week because there's always something one of us forgets to say but i guess that's it for this week alex let you get back to your continuing education course <laughs> um i think so that should suffice we've, we've okay. uh, managed to fill a lot of time yeah well thank you for everything you do for us Alex and we'll see you next week all right okay thanks thank you yep okay